Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host, Chad Didemenesis. I'm really co-host, Bill Shockey, and Chad, I said I wouldn't be positive anymore if they lost all three. I guess at least they won one. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the first things I was going to ask you here, because we didn't kind of get to talk about it since then, because we went right, right? into the uh, the interview with Brian, and... Um, yeah, so uh, where are you standing here? So <laughs> two out of three, you've had about 11, 10, 11 days to think about it. Uh, you said, if, I guess you said that if they lost all three, so you kind of have like a little barrier built in, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> 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 I was ready to come in here, you know, with a little bit, but, um, you know, we, uh, we got to see lines today, so I'm sure we'll get into that in a, a second. Uh, but they still, uh, you know, came into the break uh, through the month of January what three, four, five, three and five? So not good. Um, eight of the last twenty-three, Bill. Eight of the last twenty-three, they won. Gee, I wasn't gonna go back that far, but <laughs> if you're gonna just start that off, I, I have a feeling I know where this podcast is gonna go. Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, I mean, nice little break here. I think the team needed it. I think it came at a good time. Uh, if you're going to turn things around, obviously, coming out of a break would be a good time to do it. I mean, kind of what we've seen though. Thus far, I don't necessarily know what's going to happen. And then <laughs> I just can't hold on to it any longer, uh, seeing the lines today. I mean, the guy, <laughs> the guy had 10, 10 days, 10 days to look at all of his stuff, look at the entire first half of the season, decide what to do. We kind of joked about it with Ryan on the last podcast. I think both, all of us were kind of hoping it was a joke, but here we are, Matt Hunwick coming in for Lawrence Pilot. Yeah, I mean... It, it, again, it's not official, but it, it definitely the way it looks, and it, yeah, I, I mean, we'll get into it more, but yeah, I mean, it's I don't I don't know what's more concerning. It's more it's more concerning as kid to eleven days to look at this, and this is what he fell upon, or if it's been ten eleven days and nobody in that organization went to him and be like, I don't think that's a good idea, dude. Like, so I, I don't I don't like I said we're gonna get into it in a little bit. I, I just I don't want to. I guess I don't want to have too much fun before because you have other things we're going to laugh about first. We're going to mm. laugh first and then we're going to cry. Is how it's going to work. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that the house is going to be on here. Um, I do want to kind of get your feel on uh, Alex Nylander. So we're going to kind of touch on him in the beginning here uh, briefly, not too much because I feel like I have Nylander exhaustion to be honest. Um, we're going to talk about Pilot. We're going to talk about Honwick. We're going to look at the schedule ahead. We're going to talk about Jason Botter a little bit. And then we're going to kind of have some fun at the end, and we're going to talk about some possible uh, trade ideas. So, like I said, before we get into stuff that makes us cry and yell at the microphone, and I give you more stats that make your head explode as to how it's happening, is what is happening, 
I think we would be remiss if we don't take <laughs> a moment to realize and accept and maybe even commiserate. It's a little upsetting, but Peter Shirelli is no longer a general manager in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is. I mean, it is sad uh, for everybody that's not an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, but I would say this too: even if they in Edmonton feel a little bit better about him going, I think you got a bigger problem than just him, especially with the the contract that was handed out right before he left, um, and everything that's kind of going down. You got a long way to go. I mean, you got Connor McDavid, so that's going to be good for you. Uh, but you've got a lot of work to do to get that team back to where it needs to be to be able to allow McDavid to even carry a team. He can't even do it at this point. So, I mean, if you're any kind of aspiring GM, I think that's still the job you want, uh, depending on how the structure, you know, of ownership and how much they have a say in things. Um, <laughs> like I said, making that deal at the end there with the goalie before he left is kind of insane. Uh, I, I can't imagine that was all Shirelli. So that kind of makes me nervous, but I think any kind of, like like I said, any kind of GM trying to get his teeth into a, a team, I think uh, picking a team that has Connor McDavid in it um, isn't a bad pit. It is, is not a bad place to start. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. You got, I, you got so much work to do. It's yeah, and <laughs> you do, you do. You have contracts. I, that goaltending thing is insanity. I got to move Talbot. Yeah, and it's it, it's funny. It takes the. I guess that's kind of like it's nice, you know, being in Buffalo. We get to point and laugh at somebody else. You know, it's you can't hear it in your headphones, but I have a little Wiz Khalifa, I have a little Wiz Khalifa <laughs> see you again playing in the background because that's kind of how I feel. Like, you they know, always like, get recycled. Yeah, the dude, so, he's <laughs> imagine if he's a like, general manager of Seattle or something. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think of that. You might be right. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it's is someone that crazy? There's a lot it of it would people. be fun to watch though. Oh would, God! Can you get him, like, so the... many young people he could trade. Oh God, man! Oh my goodness! He be. Uh. <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> that's not even fair to people in Seattle. You can't do that. I mean, like, can you imagine that? Like, he's. Oh my goodness! That would be so bad. That would be so. The trades that he come up with, like. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you can protect so and so. Just give us. I don't know. Give us your equivalent of Griffin Reinhardt, and we'll. I, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to the other day before this podcast. I was trying to think of my favorite Shirelli trade, and I, I know the the Hall for Larson's a big one, and then the Eberle for Strom, then Strom for Spooner and Spooner on waivers. I mean, basically, you got Hall. You traded Hall and Eberle for uh, Adam Larson. That was it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, but then like then think about that Griffin Reinhardt trade. You traded. Uh, it was a first round pick and a second round pick. I think it ended up being, and that turned in. I mean, even two first round picks. Anyways, it turned into Anthony Bovillier and uh, Matthew Barzel. So like, traded Griffin yep. Reiner for Bolivia and Barzel. Like, it's I don't. I feel bad for the people in Edmonton. Um, I, I really think you couldn't. You could almost pull someone off the street, and they would at least not do as bad a job <laughs> trade wise. I yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess the one thing he did good is. He picked Connor McDavid, but like you said, I think he could pull somebody off the street to make that selection. I think mean, it's the only thing he really, he really got right. I mean, and, and if I think it was his downfall because he got him, yes. he started shipping everyone else out. Yeah, he got Milan Lucic in here for six million dollars to protect him, and you know that's worked out really well for him. And yeah, he thought he was good to go, so he shipped out all of his actually good players for nobodies. And I mean, now look at him. I mean, they're on the edge of the playoffs, but that's only because you have Connor McDavid. Right, exactly. I mean. It's it's sad we're not going to see you know him botch a Jesse Puljujarvi trade, but you know that would I guess, be nice. I guess we'll kind of see. Well, we'll kind of see if the current group botches that before the new GM gets in. So we'll see. I guess we'll kind of keep hey, an eye on how that goes. New GM means uh, you know you'll go through that stint of not my player. Yeah, hey, right, uh, right. So I'd still try be to, making phone calls for sure. Yeah, try to see if you can get Ryan Nugent Hopkins out of that. That's that would that would be my target at Edmonton for sure. With that being said, they. Is this? Are we done laughing? Can we cry now? Yeah, yeah. Kicked your head in right before the. Oh break. my god! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. I mean, it's a good transition, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that team put a touchdown up on you. That's yeah, and that was oh my god. The extra point is good. Yeah, that that Scandella pass. I mean, poor Carter Hutton. I mean, what was it like? It was like four. Like his last five goals against were off of his own team. Like that's. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's crazy stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's. I, I don't know. It, I'm trying so hard to not be. I swear to God, Phil Housley's taken all the excitement and fun of this season right out of me. It's not a good thing. No, it's not. And, and we're not going to get there yet. I'm, I'm going to go to another depressing player before that. And then we're going to get more depressed and talk about Pilot here. But, you know, it, I guess the transition to the Sabres part of this now is I, I kind of. A lot of people got to watch uh, the Amherst game on Friday because uh, it was on MSG and, you know, Buffalo people could watch because a lot of people don't. Um, even though they have the HLTV, which is a pretty cool package, but a lot of people don't have it. And, you know, everybody kind of got to look at the prospects, Olofsson, Nylander, Gooley, uh, Asplund, and so on and so forth, O'Regan. Uh, but, you know, Nylander, you know, ever since the articles that I wrote uh, early last week about the drafting and, you know, looking at, a player like Nylander, he's one of five players who, you know, he, uh, <laughs> one of five players take at least, you know, picked in the top ten, uh, that take at least three, at least three years, if not four years in Nylander's case, to play at least 20 games in the NHL. And, you know, other guys that are in that group with him are Dylan Strom, who I think we're kind of in the, is not as good as a third overall pick territory. Uh, he might have found a good home, though. He might have found a good home playing. Right now, but. Yeah, he's, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, if if he can, if you put him with Patty Kane or DeBrinket, you know, let them score. So yeah, I mean, that could turn into something, but not for the team that drafted him. Right. Uh, and you know, Michael Del Cole is in that group, which is not good. Uh, Ole Olevi is in that group, and but he's been injured and really hasn't played a lot. So it's just unfortunate. I liked him coming out. Yeah, I did like Olevi too. You know, I, I think he's starting to play games again now, but I think he's had back like back surgery twice now. I think, which is crazy for a kid of that age but there, i think there's still that, that's a different situation where injuries have kind of prohibited him where he's not playing and not making the team so if i'm vancouver i still have faith in you but you know I'm, I'm curious you know i don't want to give too much into my thoughts on nylander but i'm i'm more kind of curious you know i'm asking as many people as i can I'm, i really haven't talked to you about it kind of where you sit uh with this whole nylander thing i mean you're kind of in a tough spot right now right so you like you said um Top 10 picks, usually it doesn't take this long to get to the NHL, at least to be a consistent contributor on some sort of line. Now, to be fair, could he probably be on this lineup? I would argue that he could. I agree. Um, and, and at least be doing okay, or at least be giving you some sort of offense. Could he be Tate um, Thompson? Is that kind of what you're saying, basically? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily with how he's been playing, you know, would he be giving you the production that Thompson is starting to give you? But right, I think right. he could, at least like assist-wise, it could be up there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could be, you know, playing on a third line or, you know, in and out with Middlestead or Shiri or something like that. And, and he could be giving you at least something. I, I mean, would he have given you, you know, some bad back checks or where he kind of floats back or a couple bad giveaways maybe in the neutral zone that lead to goals potentially? Um, but I, I do think he probably could have given you a little more offense um, than what you're, especially, I mean, it's not hard to get a little more offense than what you're currently getting in the in the bottom nine. But, right, right. Um, I think the the tough spot that you're in now is, like you said, there's kind of a there's a line between developing a player and a guy just kind of not getting it, at least not getting it enough that they're bringing him up to try and give him a shot in the NHL. Uh, it concerns me that he's still down there because, like you said, if he you agree too that he couldn't be giving you at least something up here, so that means there's something else that they're seeing that is the reason he's not up here, right? C.J. Smith gets a call up, Nylander doesn't. Um, right, right. So with that being said, I think it wouldn't be bad or hard to try to start to explore um, the market for him. Uh, I don't think he's getting anything crazy, but I think he could be part of a package of if something you're trying to get. And I think we'll get into that more as we get into the, the trade portion of this podcast. Um, a lot of guys out there that at least the, I have a, a ton of guys just on the like names of throughout list. I think he, some of those you could kind of get with a Nylander, you know, depending on who it is plus uh, kind of a throw in at this point. And now we've seen Bailey and Baptiste go too. So Bottle's trying to early starting to move those guys out that he's kind of seen enough of uh, from old regimes. So I think you're kind of getting to a point here where can I say it's probably more than likely that he gets moved because I'm starting to feel that way. Uh, I, I still, for me, just because he was a top 10 pick, I'd like to get, especially if the Sabres are out of it, it, well, <laughs> I don't want to say that, but as the season kind of goes along, depending on how the season goes, I would definitely try and get him up here for like the last 20 games, last 15 games, depending on what happens. 
I mean, you're not getting production. We've talked about the shakeup before, so I'm not going to you know go deep into that because that's not what this podcast is going to be about. But I would definitely want to see more, more of Nylander. Give him some kind of shot here again. Now, could that drop trade value depending on how it goes? Yes, but could it also increase trade value depending on where you put him? Now, that makes me a little nervous with Housley. Uh, I would, I think you would shelter him with offensive zone draws, but who is he taking those draws with? That's what my main concern would be. But, I mean, just, just from my perspective, I would like to see more of him at the NHL level just to make sure that you're getting rid of something that you're really ready to get rid of. Even though it's been so long, it's it's. I think I think for me, it's tough to get rid of those top ten picks. Yeah, without and, at least giving them a true shot because right. he really hasn't had that. No, and, and I'm a hundred percent with you there. You know, I, I would like to get him a fifteen to twenty game look. And like you said, you also run the risk at the same time, maybe potentially bringing down his value, but at the other time it could help you too. Um, again, what this coach would do with him scares me a little bit, especially with how he's handled Thompson in certain situations. Uh, so that's a factor, I think, in this when you're thinking about it. But um, <laughs> if he, if you're going to bring him up and sh- send him in the press box, then please, or, just or even worse, if you're going to bring him up and put him with Pominville and Vladimir Saboka, like what, <laughs> what is the point? Right. You know, it's it's it, it's tough. You know, and, and, and I, I agree with you. It's your point is uh, at this point, is it more possible he plays more games somewhere else than Buffalo? I think it's maybe fifty fifty or sixty forty that he does. Yeah. Uh, kind of how the trajectory and the track is going right now. Now, he's 20 years old. Uh, you could certainly make an argument that his... Which is super young for someone who's been... Right. And like, as, as I was going to say, you know, we can say his development track has been botched probably to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he clearly wasn't ready to go in the AHL as an 18-year-old. But at the same time, yes, he's 20 years old. And yes, he's having an improved season. But he has eight goals in 40 games. And he has three goals in his last like twenty-one games now. I think it is. And again, so you're he saying could, he'd fit in perfectly with the top, the bottom nine. He would. He would fit in perfectly right now. And you know the thing that people say, but he's only twenty years old. He's having a good season, you know, for the AHL. Well, is he? Because in players under twenty-one years old in the AHL, he's twenty-third in goals. Uh, he's thirteenth in points, and he's twenty-eighth in points per game among guys who are under twenty-one years old. So, I mean, like, he's not even in his age bracket in that league. He's he's not even doing that good. I mean, you, you could argue that he's average or even maybe slightly below average. I mean, you're the you're the 28th ranked points per game player, and you're in your third year in that league, and a lot of those guys are just maybe in their first or maybe even their second year. And, you know, so I, they don't, the age thing, at part of me, understands it. But then looking at those numbers, I'm like, well, his peers are the same age in the same league. And, you know, don't give me the, well, he's playing with so-and-so. I mean, like, the Amherst are first-place team in the AHL, so he's obviously on a good team. You know, where some of these guys are on bad teams and still producing. So it's, I don't, I don't know. I looked at those numbers earlier, and those kind of, uh, I guess you could say, jerked me in the wrong direction even more. You know, it, it, it alarmed me a little bit how low he was in his age bracket in that group. All right, so I'm going to throw some things out here, and if you want to play detective, uh, just kind of you know, rolling through it is, <clears throat> if you're Jason Bottrell, like you have to know, the, the, the one thing we don't know that he has to know is the market value, right? Currently. Right, you would assume, yeah. So if you have, you know, 20 to 25 of the DMs currently, or at least the ones that you're talking to on a daily basis because you're getting close to the trade deadline, um are looking at what you're looking at is just the goals and points saying, you know, he's, he's just not really having the season that we would expect out of him in the AHL to trade for him. If you would know that though, you would say then his value is low. So then there's really no harm at all in getting him up there again, depending on how, and I don't want to jump in because this is more of a transition to what we're about to get into, but depending on how the next 10 games go, I mean, this is pretty much your season. So if those go poorly, I don't see any reason if his value is low that you don't get him up here for the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and that's and that's a, a absolutely a solid point. Because just to, not to cut you off, but no, again, the second point is because if you're truly thinking about development, if you need to know what you have in him, it's I need to know what I have in him at the NHL level because if I'm if I don't have anything, I don't need him to just go win a championship with Rochester because like then what am I doing right? Or do you think that would be better? Right, yeah, it's it's tough, you know. It's uh, 
to use a stick. <sighs> depends what you want to do with them. It also depends on what you want to do with your team. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's hard to argue right now that if you look at it, if you pull up Rochester and you're like, all right, I got a guys up here to help me. Uh, let, let's say your season still is is intact at least. For now, C- it is. Right. CJ Smith's going to be one. Uh, I don't think it's any stretch to say Daniel Regan should be two right now with how well he's playing. And then at three and four, is it a toss up between Olofsson and Nylander right now? It's really he's a third or fourth kind of list. Now, if your season's over, no, but like you know, like you said, like 15 games left and you're realistically out of it, which is completely possible if they botch these next you know 10 games or so, then yeah, it makes sense to get him up here and get a look. But you know, I, I wonder if he bottom watched it in other GMs. I mean, I don't. I haven't watched a ton of Amherst games, but I've watched a few, and I'm seeing the same things consistently happen. Is I don't think he's reading plays well enough. Uh, I think he he does a lot of good things in himself in good positions. Uh, he does very well carrying the puck to the neutral zone and entering the zone with possession. Now, the problem I don't like and the knack the knock that he has is he plays the game from the perimeter, and he did it at least four or five times in the game I watched Friday. He's taking shots from two steps inside the blue line with nobody at the net. He's firing him from the side wall with nobody at the net again. And, I mean, he had eight shots in that game, but I'd say maybe three of them, maybe, were high-quality chances. I mean, it's... And, and those are essentially... I mean, you're going to skate over the blue line, you're just going to rip it in on that. I mean, NHL goalie either is going to eat it or they're just going to kick it to their defensive internal where it's going back the other way. So if I'm going to put him on a line with... Eichel and Skinner, let's say. I mean, I don't, I don't need him coming over the blue line, just firing at the net and turning it over. I mean, that, that's not going to benefit. And it's, and now, it, if he plays with those know, two, he might, he might be carrying the puck. Nope. So <laughs> that could, that could, you know, alleviate that issue. But it's, you know, I mean, and I sent you that, you know, I sent you the screenshot of that three on one where it's, he could have been the hero, just, just, just roof that. But he never, he never looked. He the whole time he got the puck and, and thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass this. The pass wasn't there. It was an easy game-winning goal, and it, it's just stuff like that. Where I, I just it it scares me. There's still little things that were in year three of this league that he's still not grasping. And if he's having trouble grasping the speed of the AHL game, it, what is he miraculously going to be better at a faster NHL game? You know what I mean? That's that's kind of that, that's kind of the part that still gives me pause when I say he can develop. We're in three years of it now, and it really hasn't improved, or it's improved marginally. So I guess I would say, at this point, would you be more willing to get him up here and see what he can do at the end of the season, or if you can get like a second or third line player for him plus a low draft pick, are you doing that? Not right. No, I mean the only way I'm moving him right now is if I'm getting a top-four defenseman or I'm getting a second-line center. I'd move him as a package of that. I'm not moving him to move him. Or uh, or another type of scenario, I would say if, you know, we talked before the podcast started, and maybe I'll steal one of you guys later, but if Colorado calls and says, hey, Tyson Yost for Alex Nylander straight up right now, that's trade I would make. Because I feel like you're trading for another younger guy. You're at least getting, yeah, another right. high-ceiling guy. Right, that has shown, some, I mean, he's shown more in the NHL than Nylander has. He's back in the AHL now, but... Mm-hmm. You know, but he's showing more NHL ability, so it's yeah. Those are the type of things I would do. But I, I'm in the point too where I'm, I'm with you. I, I really because I don't think they're gonna trade with the deadline or anything. So uh, no, probably not. I really I, I need a look. I need to know what I have. Again, it, it's risky. It could hurt his value, but I for myself and I think for a lot of fans, we kind of got to see what this guy really is gonna give us. And well, you know what else though? There is also value in knowing what you have. Right? Can I count on him as somebody that might be a piece going forward? Or if I put him in there and find out that he's absolutely not going to be a piece moving forward, then I know. I mean, the knowledge is of value. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So we'll transition past Alex Dinander, but I was kind of a. I was more curious of your follow on him because. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting it is. thing to watch. For the it rest is. Of the season. Definitely. You know, it's. And again, I'm not trying to dog the guy. I really, I hope he turns out. I mean, if he does, you know, that's great. It'll be great for the Sabres. Just, uh, I would say, my confidence level right now in that actually happening is probably pretty low. So speaking of pretty low in confidence things, uh, I am pretty low in the confidence of the head coach right now. Sweet uh, transition. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have a head coach here and a, I don't know. I guess you could say management staff or a coaching staff or whatever you want to say. They had 10, 11 days off and. 
what they decided they're going to do in those 11 days off. Um, they're not going to make any roster moves. Uh, they're not going to make any deals. They're not going to change the roster up at all. What they're going to do is they're going to sit Lawrence Pilot, uh, <laughs> and not for Matthew Bolu. Or no, I'm sorry, not for uh, Nathan Bolu. No, no, no. Uh, they're going to get Man Hudwick in there because he needs to get some games because that's vital to getting him in there. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take Evan Rodriguez, who is excelling at center and scoring. We're going to put him back on the wing, and then we're going to go ahead and put Vladimir Saboka, who really who wasn't a mess for the first time like all season on the wing was actually again being productive. Um, we're going to put him back at center. And then not only are we going to do that, we're going to put him with Tage Thompson and Jason Pominville, who is one of the worst defensive uh, lines that you could put together on this team. And what's probably going to happen is they're going to go to Columbus and Dallas and they're going to eat and feast on that line because the other coach is going to be smarter than our coach. You're going to realize that you can do that and that'll happen. So that, that that's, that's what's happened over the last 10, 11 days, just for those who need to recap. Thanks for getting me fired up for these two away games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's – I don't know. And then it's, you know, whatever. The lines are whatever. I mean, it's – we all know he has a thing for Saboka, and it's not going to go away. We've talked about that numerous times. But the pilot thing, I, I, I get that he had a turnover. I understand. He had a bad turnover in that game against Vancouver – the results, the results, and we did. It's that's the bad thing how it's getting so predictable. He has one turnover. Oh, he's out. He's out. I, I, I mean, I wonder. Honestly, I wonder if he has a game where he scores two, scores two goals, but he has a bad turnover where it goes against that. He still he would still come out probably. Like it's it, it, and I just I don't I don't like treating a player of his age having that in their in their mind because then they so, change the way they play their game because then in their head I mean these people right. are not idiots. They know, man, I, I've had two bad turnovers and both times I came out. So you know, like I do, I clean up if I want to stay in the lineup, I gotta clean up my game, not turn the puck over, not take so many chances, and that yep. that changes his game and Set he's back playing a safe bit more. Now. Exactly. Not make that pass that if it works, it'll be a really nice pass and set my guys off on a scoring chance. I'm not gonna make that pass in case it doesn't work, I'm just gonna go ahead and flip it up, you know, in the neutral zone. It's a really interesting question for you that you're probably not ready for, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Um, so how much so I think the part of the problem here is not the problem, but like the human aspect, because you remember Botter or not Botter, Housley was talking about how like Hunwick's been really good. And he's been a real professional. He's been patient. I really got to try to get him back in line up here. Like, I think I wonder how hard it is the, to balance the human aspect with the, and that, uh, let me finish the whole question before the human aspect with the, um, like team aspect of okay, I really feel like you know this guy who's a veteran. I got to get him back in the lineup. Maybe just really likes him as a person, whatever. So pilot makes that play, and that's the easy out for at least for in Housley's mind to get Hunwick back in the lineup. Now, with that being said, obviously I think now you can't take the human aspect out totally. But if you're an NHL coach, these are professionals. You should be putting your best lineup on the ice every night. But I still want to ask that, pose that question to you. It, it, it's a real question. I mean, I, I think part of that plays into the Scandella thing, and I and I understand that part of it with Matt Hunwick. You know, there's yeah, and you want to get him, and he's sitting around here. You know, if he's whatever, he's practicing well, he's good in the room, whatever. You want to get him back in. That's fine. You know who comes out for him then? Right. Mark, Marco Scandella comes out. Right. I mean, not Lawrence Pilot. Right. I mean, let, let me. I haven't I haven't shared these numbers with you yet. Let me roll these advanced stats number at you, okay? For Lawrence Pilot this season. So, listeners, buckle up because this is going to be interesting. So, he is the 5-on-5 leader on the entire team in expected goal differential. Let me say that again. He's a 5-on-5 leader on the entire team in expected goals differential, okay? Lawrence Pilot. Uh, His Corsi differential, he is third on the team and second uh, among defensemen behind Casey Nelson, which is interesting. We'll come back to Nelson at the end. Uh, he is third on the team in expected goals four per 60, and he's the best defenseman in that number. Uh, he is third in goals above replacement on this team, first defenseman. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, he's first in scoring chances four. He's a 55.04 scoring chances four. First on the team, he's first on the team in high-danger Corsi four, 
at 58.76%. So he is on the ice for the most high danger chances for. So he's like the most positive. Uh, and he has third on the team in Corsi with at least 15 games played. So third in the entire team. So he's basically in the looking at all of this stuff. He's basically so, in the top of the entire team in how much he generates and how impactful he is on this team when he is on the ice. And yet, this coach and this staff think it's a good idea to take the guy, a 22-year-old rookie, to take him out of the lineup when he is arguably... I don't think it's arguably. He's your your third-best defenser. Third-best defenseman. And maybe you can make an argument for your second-best right now. And it's... It's just it's mind blowing how they get to this point. It's absolutely mind blowing for me. So basically, what you're saying is we last couple of weeks we were mad that they're wasting Jack Eichel, but we should actually be mad that they're wasting Lawrence Pilot. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's <laughs> now, it, now not actually to be funny. The second part of that is if you're Jason Bottrell, how are you not in Housley's office ripping his head off? Like you got that's that the part player that scares for free. me. That does he you got not that player for free. yeah right. Is he? Does he agree with Housley? That 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 scares the bejesus out of me. Because yeah, you literally, like you said, you got him for free. You're Swedish defenseman of the year. He could have went anywhere. He went to the last place team in the NHL. You got him to come here. You, as GM, you should look like an absolute genius just for that move, or a hero for getting him to come here. And you're just letting your coach scratch him on a week in week out basis because he makes one mistake. I mean, he needs. It's it's at the point now where they have to they have to start treating him like Darlene. Dalene makes mistakes, but what's going to happen is he's going to make that one mistake, but he's going to make six really good plays that get you some offensive chances. That's what Pilot's going to do. He's still 22 years old, first year from Sweden, coming from a bigger ice to a smaller ice. There's passes you can make in Sweden that you can't make in the NHL, and you're still trying to figure that out. And, I mean, again, it gets to the point now where he's in and out of the lineup so much, and there's such inconsistency that it's going to start to affect his game too. Not only the mental aspect, which we just talked about, but the aspect of not being in the lineup consistently and getting and jolling with these players and getting, you know, playing with Ristolainen more, who Ristolainen, the only positive, you know, possession time is when he's with Pilot. Other than that, he's, I mean, you put him with Scandello, that's a nightmare. Uh, McCabe is kind of iffy, wishy-washy, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but consistently he plays well with Pilot. And it's just, it, it's crazy that you have you have two pairs. <laughs> Bogosian, Darlene, Pilot, Ristolainen, you have your top four, but you just, it just, this coach just, not, not to mention, this supposed to be a defensive minded coach who knows defensemen. Especially just offensive con- defensemen? Yes, is continually just, and then, yeah, exactly, an offensive defenseman who you're going to take out to put Matt Hunwick in. What? You, 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 you're a coach who wants to have your defense activated, your defense in the game, and your defense who has puck movers, who gets the puck out of your zone and up the ice and you're on offense. And you're going to take your second-best guy who does that on your entire team, continually out of the lineup so you can put Matt Hunwick in. And by the way, Matt Hunwick in his two games, uh, let's see here, he is a 20.03 in scoring chances for, uh, he's a 32 Corsi, and he has, uh, he's 0-8, he's a minus 8 in high danger, high danger chances. He's been on the ice for eight high-danger chances against, and he's been on the ice for zero high-danger chances for. But we're going to put that guy in the lineup who got jettisoned from Pittsburgh to just get out of here. You know, We're, we're going to put him in the lineup over Lawrence Pilot, who just, I rattle off all that good stuff that he does. It's Sounds, I, like, I, a, sounds like a coach that's not doing what he's supposed to and giving the team the absolute best chance to win a game. Yeah, and, and then we're, I mean, it's a good time to transition. Now, this is the point in the season where you have you have no room for error. None. The, the, your, your season over the next three weeks here, you have two mm-hmm. games on the road and you have a seven-game homestand. And you, you, there's no, you need every point you can get or by the middle of February, you're out of this thing. Like, you, you are out of it. Imagine before the, that's before the deadline. We, just, we were just talking about a month and a half ago how we might be buyers this year and we can add some pieces, and, you know, get some pieces for a playoff. And then you might get to the middle of February and go, Phew. I don't know, can we sell anybody off, maybe? Does anybody want a Marco Scandella? Maybe we can trade Bolu? I mean, it's I mean, we're a couple of weeks from that, and this coach just... Before you get into it, I want to ask about that, though. Because Bolu came out saying that he, not necessarily saying he wanted to be traded, but he said he wanted to get more playing time because he's in a contract year, which honestly makes total sense. So do you think that just him coming out, saying that he wanted to be moved, hurt his value? Uh, is, 
like Ott's not trying to move him. I mean, he's getting scratched again, so that's kind of a head scratcher for me. Um, I, I think that situation's kind of starting to again go the wrong direction. Yeah, it absolutely hurts the value because other GMs know you have. In a way, you have to move this guy. I'm not getting your best value for him anymore. I don't know. Here's a right. six-round pick. What are you going to do? Keep him? Fine. Keep him. I don't care. I mean, you know, you, it, it's not good to have that type of player who's unhappy on your team. So it's, you know, it, it, I mean, think about it if you're, I mean, put yourself, I guess, in another GM's shoes. You know, you hear about a player that said he wants out. If you know, someone, someone so calls you and says, hey, Nate Bull, you, you think about a third-round pick? You go, how about a sixth? Or he of says, course. no, like, we go, wait, go ahead and trade him. Trade him somewhere else then. Good luck. I mean, it's... right. You know, and it's only it's but only going to get worse. I mean, he's getting, I mean, he's getting passed by Matt Hunwick now to play. I mean, it's. And I, I tweeted today if I was if I was bull you and I saw that I would call my agent today and say get me out of here. Tell him again I want to be gone. It's. But that's I, a problem. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's what they're doing. Is now he's just going to sit. Maybe because maybe, he maybe. hurt his own value by getting it out there. So now he can't be moved, and now they're pissed that they can't move him. For any kind of value, no, they're just going to sit him. I mean, that could be, gonna, maybe they're working on a deal, him. so they're going to just sit him. I mean, that's so it doesn't get plausible. Hurt, I guess plausible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I said, I think it's just it's still early because that was only what like a week ago, a week and a half ago. Yeah, but, it was right uh, before the break. Yeah, but I just I feel like this is another situation that's kind of headed down the wrong path, unfortunately. But anyways, yeah. I, I to before you get into, because I don't, before we get too deep into the, you know, the next 10, I'm not, there's too much more to talk about, but this is, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't make a move. Now, I didn't expect anything huge, but I expected maybe a little something just to give him a little, you know, kick in the pants as you kind of come into not even arguably the biggest stretch of your season right here. Are you surprised at all? I, I am. I, I thought this was the good one. No, this is the right time. I think it was the easy time. It, you get it, it, Ten days off sense. to get acclimated yeah. with the team. Practice. Yeah. I, uh, I I don't I don't I can't I don't know what Bottle wants to do. I I have no idea. I have no idea what he wants to do. If if nobody gets hurt, I have a f- I, I I've told you this before. My fear is if nobody gets hurt, he's not going to touch this roster. He's going to let it go. And over the last five games of the season, when they're out of it, they'll start calling guys up like they did last year. The last five seven games, and they'll give. Smith, O'Regan, Nylander, whoever, some NHL time, and it, it, that's not really going to do anything for me. You know, it's I just I it I don't know. It there's it's just I don't know how to how as a general manager. I mean, I understand if you have a plan and you have a thought process and how you want to go ahead and build your team and how you want to go about it. But watching a team who was in first place a month and a half ago lose eight of twenty three games. And in that time, you make one call up on forward to help your team who can't score goals. He scores a goal in the four games he plays, and you send him back. Like, and, and, and then you don't make any trades. You don't make any moves. You don't do anything to help improve your team. You have your coach out here sitting your second-best defenseman every other game. I mean, it's just like, it, and again, it's it's really that this pilot thing that I put a lot on Housley, it's... If this continues to happen, it's going to start to morph to a thing I'm going to point at Jason Botterill too and go, why are you letting your coach do this? And if you're okay with it, then I have a problem with you too. It's going to start to get to that point pretty soon. And that that's crappy because I have a lot of faith in Botterill and I think a lot of what he's done. But if this stuff continues, then the finger goes to the general manager too. And you know if he doesn't make any trades or make any moves really all season besides one or two minor things, I mean, at the end of the season, somebody's got to ask this guy, what, what, why did you sit in your hands all year long? Why didn't you do anything to try to help this team? Yeah. They said it. Remember last year? Yeah. We were waiting for a trade to happen. It just never happened. Right. Right. I mean, that. the Evander Kane trade was it. That was it. It's because he had to. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't. So it's, it sounds like you're going to see Bolu get moved, and that's it. I mean, pretty much. Or maybe if somebody will take Scandella, and that's, that's, mm. maybe, that's maybe it, but I don't think so. I think the coach likes him too happy. much. I think the coach likes him too much to do that. So, I, I think you're right. I think maybe it's Bullyu and, I don't know, does he maybe trade one of Gergensen's or Larson because they have some value and doesn't want both back? But I mean, what, is, I mean, what does that do for you? <laughs> They're playing well. You're going to get, get, what, fifth-round picks for him? I mean, oh, cool, excellent. <laughs> like it's, Derek Grant back? <laughs> right. I mean, it, I don't know. It, it's Yikes. Like I said, it, it's getting to the point where, 
you know, I, I focus a lot of my aggression and my anger on the coach for a lot of decisions he's made. We're a few weeks away where I'm going to start putting my target on the general manager, you know, and it, it falls on his shoulders too. And especially if the struggles continue and we get to like 10 wins in 30 in the last 30 games, like it, what are you, what are you doing? Like, again, I can understand the plan is just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. You know, we've talked about the Toronto thing where the Maple Leafs, you know, a couple years ago, were they surprised? And they made a move to get Brian Boyle the deadline to push their team into the playoffs. I mean, it's it, it getting you can, definitely, in, you can help this team right. without you. You can do both. You can build for the future and help this team get in the playoffs. You can do both. I assure you, it'll be okay. It happens. You don't have to. You don't have to trade a first round pick. You don't have to trade a second round pick. Just go get. I mean, for God's sakes, we're going to get the trade guys here shortly. Washington wants mid to a couple mid to late round picks for Burakovsky. Why haven't you even done that yet? It, it, it's simple. I mean, it's okay. Here, have a second and a fifth. Like I, I don't know. Like <laughs> ah, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Just sitting on our hands and letting this ship go down. It, it really. I guess you hit a pressure point with me. It's, it's aggravating. I, I I can't stand it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's I don't why I'm know. here. That's why I'm here. So, I guess while we're on Battle Road, this probably is a good time to, uh, we're about 45 minutes in here, like 40 minutes in, uh, to transition into our trade discussion here, kind of some targets that they could, uh, if the general manager decides that he does want to make a trade and does want to make a move, um, which is point is skeptical, as we just talked about. Uh, we're here to help. We, we're here to help. We have suggestions. <laughs> and uh, we want to of... get this in in case it goes down. <laughs> right, in case it goes down, like right now. Uh, <laughs> so... You did some research today on some players, so I'm going to hand the mic to you, and I guess you're going to ask me about some players that you looked up today? Sure. So I'll preface it with I had every intention to do more. Um, little one didn't let that happen, but I do have a lot of names, so we're going to have a little bit of fun. Um, <clears throat> most of these you might scoff at, but there are names that kind of just popped off, and kind of what I was thinking about, too, is now all these are pretty much second-line centers uh, that I'm going to rattle off, or potential. Okay. Um, some, most of them I tried to stick with the Botchero line of thought of has at least one more year left and or is an RFA and gives you some kind of uh, control over the player. I do have some UFAs too that I'm going to throw out there too. Okay. So <clears throat> let's start with the, the dream boats, as I call them. Um, <laughs> nice. And we, I think we've talked about these two first. Uh, or not, I don't even know if we talked about them on the podcast, but we definitely talked about them. Uh, in the past few weeks, and that'd be just Raquel and Couturier. I mean, if any yes. way you can get one of those two yes. out of there, you do that almost immediately. Uh, both guys have really good underlying numbers, and, I mean, just <laughs> talk about not having to worry about a second-line center for ever again. Uh, and I can't, you know what I couldn't believe with these two? Their salary cap hits are low. I know, and that's why they'd be, that's why they'd be expensive in a trade for yep. four years, right? Yep. And Katuria is even four point three three for the next four years. Yeah, so I mean, great value on those contracts, which right. I don't think they would move them because of that. Uh, but like I said, that's why I call them the dream boats. If you can get those two out of there, I think you make that move yesterday. Uh, my only answer to that would be sign me up. I'll either of them done off to good off to good start. <laughs> <laughs> like the Sabers, we're going downhill from here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was our 10-game winning streak. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next one I'm going to throw out, nice to have. Uh, you talked about this guy quite often, too. It's Anthony to um, Detroit's not a good team. I think if you can pluck him off, I think he could slot in. I mean, he's not going to be a perfect second-line center, but I think he's going to be good enough that it moves Middlestad down. He's still fairly young. He's fast, so you can put some of your better wingers on the second line with him and tell them to just go score. So I mean I know I know you like Anthony so not much too much to say there. Yeah, he's uh, quick, speed. Uh, he's played. They, Detroit has him playing primarily wing this year, or within the last few years. But again, I don't have a problem with that. I could put him on my right wing with Eichel and Skinner, mm-hmm. and they can put Reinhardt on my second line. Have Reinhardt, you know, drag that line around. So I don't have any issue with that at all. You know, it's, I think Detroit would ask a lot. Um, Probably if they want San Jose's first round pick. Honestly, I might do that. Mm. Um, He's uh, three million next year, and then he's an RFA, so, so you have full control, pretty much. Right, and, but I, I think, I think he would have to be a winger. 
Uh, I don't think his numbers are as great as a center. And he's actually having a really good year this year, primarily playing wing. So I think they'd have to keep him as a winger. But, you know, his his ability to enter the zone with speed, uh, he's one of the better, on Detroit at least, um, you know, looking at the charts I posted recently on Twitter, he's one of the better possession guys and zone entries, you know, with possession. So uh, I'm all about that because the Sabres only have, like, two of those guys. So I'm all about getting more there. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Now, these next four, I'm just, I wrote these as names to throw out. So not necessarily are they, you know, great names, but they're kind of names that popped off the <clears throat> board for me. First is going to be Pajot. He's making a little extra or a little more than you'd want. 3.1. He's also hurt for pretty much the entire year. Uh, but where I kind of wanted to go with him is we don't score shorthanded goals. That guy had seven in one season. Um, so if you can find any kind of guy like that where you can, you know, he, he's probably more of a bottom six, but, you know, put him on the penalty kill. And this is where I kind of a little bit of a tangent here. So I just don't understand how you get these, quote, offensive-minded coaches that when I think of the penalty kill, why aren't we using that as a weapon? Use it to your advantage. Put some fast guys out fast there. Fast defense as an offense, get, right? Get some fast guys out there. Not only does the team have to think about it, but, I mean, just look at Arizona before Grabner got hurt. He had, what, four? Yeah, they had, like, they had, 11, they had 11 as a team. Yeah, 11 total as a team. Put guys out there that can, if you make one mistake, they're gone. They're getting a breakaway chance. Uh, so I'm all for that. I, I threw uh, Eakin, Jenner, and Wenberg on here, too. I think Jenner and Wenberg are a little more interesting. I'm interested to see kind of what Columbus does uh, from here on out because they're it sounds like they're kind of just going to do what the Sabres doing here and, and let it ride. Now yeah, they're and a kind of see where they end up. Spot, yeah, but, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they were looking to make any kind of shakeup, I would definitely look uh, for those two because I – actually, let me pull that right back up real quick. Uh, Wenberg's making 4.9, so it's a little high, but, I mean, that's for the next four years. And Jenner, 3.75 for the next four as well. So, I don't know. Like I said, those are more just names to throw out. I'm more all about – they were also more about the uh, the PK. I just don't understand why you don't use it as a weapon. Like I said, just give your, your – a team that struggles to score, give your chance – give your team every opportunity they can to score. You don't always have to just hope and pray and – have McCabe block 100 shots for two minutes uh, to just try and not get scored on. Use it to your advantage. Score some goals. Yeah, I mean, those guys two. are all... Quickly on those no, guys, they're all interesting to me. Uh, well, interesting to an extent. I, I think Pajot, we don't want that Achilles injury. Yeah, I think I, I, I need to see how he comes back and plays. I mean, that, that could be something that changes the entire guy's career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think he'll make a move for him. The but. other two, uh, well, the three, uh, Wenberg... Is interesting. Uh, I'm kind of clicking through some numbers as I'm talking, so that's why I'm kind of slowly talking. You know, he's he's kind of average in his you know his shot rates and possession. Uh, same thing with Jenner. So, yeah, I mean Jenner is always a guy Jenner who has ninety percent defensive zone starts too, though. Defensive zone starts. Yeah. <sighs> See, that's I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that Jenner has always been. You know, I've always kind of liked him as a player, but I feel like people will see where he was drafted and see, you know, his pedigree where he's supposed to be and kind of expect more than what you're actually going to get for him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think if you got him and you acquired him and understood what his role would be, which would be a bottom six forward that can give you some scoring, um, that would be fine, but I'm not sure fans would be understanding of that. So, that that again, that's not a reason not to acquire a guy, but I'm just simply telling my thoughts on that. So I'll let you keep going. Go ahead. He also got walked by Eichel, so... He did. He did. In one of, one of Eichel's first goals. <laughs> Never forget that. Maybe that's why I popped up. The, the... Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so last two. This one I'm not too sure about, but he's also a UFA, so I don't think um, you'd go get him now. But uh, Marcus Johansson, New Jersey, bad team. Don't think they're going to really resign him. He's had hmm. two bad years in a row, but he has had... Let me pull back up. I think... A couple of years of 40 points. If I load, 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 load. Um, yep. So we had 58 points in 16 17, 46 points in 15 16, 47 points in 14 15. So even going back to 13, he's gotten more than 40 points four years in a row. Just the last two years, he's been bad. He only played 29 games last year. He's only at 36 this year. Um, but he's still, I mean, I think he's, 20, he's 28 still. Um, 
if he's had two bad years in a row, I think maybe if he does just walk, it's a guy you could maybe sign one-year deal cheap, uh, and I think you might get bang for your buck uh, with a guy like that. Yeah, he's uh, he's interesting. You know, he's a guy I thought of in free agency to go after uh, Johansson. So I'm um, I'm definitely. I mean, his possession numbers are they're all right on a you know a pretty bad New Jersey team. So, but yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that as a free agent I maybe go after. Um, yeah, I don't know I if think, I give up the assets. Yeah, he was more. Of, if your team's better, he's probably a good. Yes. Yes. Team to yes. go get now as a rental. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I think he could give. I mean, if the Sabers were still where they were a month and a half ago, I would be clamoring to go get him to get Casey off the second line center, and I think he would slot in perfectly. No, I, I um, agree. I think it's a really good that that'd be good if they were better. Unfortunately, but yeah, uh, and then Oscar Lindbergh. Surprised he's going to be a UFA because mm. I remember him with the Rangers. Uh, he's in Vegas now, but forgot about him. I think his underlying numbers are pretty good. He's just one that kind of I was scrolling through Vegas and kind of popped up. One point seven this year. Uh, he's twenty seven, but he's had uh, a couple few good years in a row. So just want to throw that name out. I think you liked him too, and uh, when in when he was in New York, so. I did. I did. Uh, he had a good start. He kind of cooled off, but um, yeah. I mean, he's got. I mean, <laughs> the entire Vegas team has good possession numbers. Uh, I mean, that, that's the you know that could be the benefit of playing in that team. I mean. You know, analytics starling Brandon Peary is having a career rebirth for that team right now, so that that's <laughs> pretty interesting to see that unfold. But uh, yeah, I maybe put Lindbergh kind of at the, and maybe at the bottom of the list, but I think it's still an intriguing yeah. option. Is, is it maybe like a low key kind of move? Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with it. You know, there's trying new things. So I mean, at this stage of the game, anything's better than Vladimir Saboka, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm I'd not say ouch, but I down. totally agree. <laughs> Uh, one guy you didn't mention that I've kind of grown on recently, uh, Los Angeles Kings forward Adrian Kempe, uh, uh-huh. former first-round pick. Uh, you know, he's one of the guys that maybe the Kings shouldn't move, but I feel like he's only he's one of the only guys that will give them some value uh, besides Toronto who's going to pay a first-round pick for Jake Muzzin. So good luck, you know, have fun with that. But um, I, I think it's Kempe's interesting. You know, he's, he's again – it's a kind of along with the with the Jenner story. You have to understand that he's probably going to be your third line center eventually. Uh, he plays with speed. He plays with skill. He can carry the puck in the zone again, which he does a lot in LA. They would say he's on a lot of those guys. Enters the zone with possession. Um, so uh, he has some size to him too, which I think is good. But I think he's a I think he's a player who, again, is that young player. He's going to be a restricted free agent when the season ends. And that's the kind of maybe move bottle can make. It might be a little more expensive. Um, again, he's maybe one of the guy who's in the Anthony Seal category. Where I don't know, would I move San Jose's first round pick to get a hold of him? Maybe more Anthony Seal than Kempe because I don't think Kempe is going to give you that offensive production that Anthony Seal could. Uh, so maybe I wouldn't. But you know, that's I, I think that's a, he's a very interesting guy. You know, I, I was talking with. Uh, our friend Dennis Bernstein the other day, you know, we were messaging on Twitter about a few things, and you know, Kempe's name is one of the guys I brought up, and he, you know, he told me that uh, that LA shouldn't move him, but he wouldn't be surprised if they do at the same time. Um, so I told Dennis, you know, we're going to have him on here because I think Toffoli is an interesting guy too. That you know, um, I guess maybe be more interesting if they were good again. Uh, but he's still he's a year on his contract left after this year, so he's a guy who kind of hold you know whole decent of the year if you do make a trade but we're going to have Dennis on here soon to talk about Kempe and Toffoli so I look forward to that coming up here in the next few weeks but you know along with Kempe the other guy who you know, quickly throw in here is Tyson Yost uh, he just went down with from the avalanche I brought him up earlier with the Nylander thing and you know he's he I don't know if Kyle wants to move on him yet but maybe he's a guy in the summer that you know maybe that Nylander in something else for Yost isn't maybe a ridiculous idea. You can try to pull that off. He plays center. He plays both wings. So he's a flexibility position, flexibility, which is always good. So he's another guy that I would kind of keep an eye on. And he's been down in the AHL. I think he has four goals in six games. So, you know, he was picked two picks after Nylander. And so the same age, same draft class. Uh, he's had more NHL production than Nylander has. And he looks to be off at a good start in the AHL too. So, some other guy to keep an eye on is maybe a young target, you know, moving forward. But that's, but yeah, I like your guys. You know, a couple of those guys that I've always talked about around your list too. So, I think if they got one of those guys, any of those guys would be interesting. 
but again, I fear this GM's going to more sit in his hands than make a move here. Yeah, that's why I thought we'd have a little fun before that was the case. But you already feel a little bit of a laugh, too. Hit me with it. So I, I did have TSN's trade bait list up. Okay. You know, non-player in the top five? Uh, Edmonton's first-round pick. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Isn't Toronto's like in like the top 22, I think? Uh, I might be wrong. I thought they was up, I thought it was up there. I don't see any more picks besides Edmonton's <laughs> top five. Other guys out there though that are good that we did not mention: Braden Shen, Charlie Coyle, mm-hmm. still got a year left. Coyle, yep. Kevin Hayes, we have mentioned before. You know, you know, everyone else feel about Kevin Hayes. Uh, Pulyarvi is number fifteen. Pulyarvi, <laughs> yeah. Although I don't think they're, they're going to move him now with a new GM coming in. I, I don't think so either. But this was the twenty fifth. It was updated, so huh. I think it was post firing. Okay. Uh, Buke stands out there. He's young, two years left. He's interesting. He's very interesting. He's, uh, Chris Ostrander wrote about him like recently. Twitter box. Yeah. yeah, and it was he had some good points on him. Rako's out there. We've talked about him. Um, that's pretty much it as it goes for Bolu's forty-one. Bolu isn't Skinner like down like in the low forties too? Because they're going oh, yeah, to sign him. They're going to sign him. Yeah, so I, that I makes think sense. they will too. Burkowski so, is thirty-three. But anyway, so yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. Obviously, Shen would be a very nice to have. Shen's interesting. 5.1 with the year left. He becomes a UFA after that, so it gives you a whole year to uh, negotiate, if you would like. Same with Coil. Coil makes less, uh, and he's also a year younger, as well as Hayes, but Hayes is a UFA, as you know. I would ch- If you're not going to trade for a center right now, I would 100% chase Hayes as a UFA, but I'm not the GM, but that's what I would do. I mean, size, big, center, good at both ends of the ice, kill penalties, play in the power play, score goals, play well defensively. I think you might, you might have to pay him uh, Stastny money, which is like around six million dollars. But I mean, as a UFA, it's what you're gonna do. I mean, he's only, I think he's only 26 years old. So again, he's not like he's an old guy by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would definitely. I'm not gonna pay what New York wants right now for him <laughs> in a trade, but uh, I, I think I, I might definitely explore that as a free agent. Because I think Kevin Hayes is good. Yeah. Anything sure. else you want to sneak in here before we cut out? Do not think so. Matt Duchesne's number one. That'll be interesting. Matt Duchesne. Yeah. I, like I said before, I think I think it's before the podcast started. Maybe even a bit during. But I, I think that uh, I think one of Stone or Duchesne signs. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they get them both done. But I think at least one of the two are going to sign. So. You know, we'll kind of see which one it is. Uh, I mean, Duchesne, sign somebody, right? Right. I, I think <laughs> they I think, need some players. I heard Duchesne was was the eight eight for eight was what they offered him, and then I think I even I heard too that they were going to offer more to Stone, which is interesting uh, for a center against a winger. But Mark Stone is so good. He's so good, so good. Because he's a guy. If you're not going to go chase a center in the offseason, if he's a free agent, I would go see how much money he wants to take to come play on Jack Eichel's wing with Jeff Skinner because he is super good. Then you'd really have to. Undisputed top line in the NHL. You would I, just have, I think still so. have a bottom nine problem. <laughs> you would. You would. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, the Sabres. So I don't know. Games coming. We're back. Games are back on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're home for seven games after their two road games. And this is it. This is this is this is the season right here. You you walk out of here taking thirty nine percent of the available points like you've been the last twenty three games. Sayonara. You're gonna be out. Of, you're gonna be out of the sucker pretty quick here. So you know, I, I think if there's what is it? It's a ten game stretch here, or nine? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Two away. Seven at home. home. I, I think you gotta what? You gotta get me what? Five or six? You gotta like, probably at least get you six wins out of there, right? Just the homestand or all of it? All of it. All nine. Yeah, for sure. I think you. I think you want to go five one and one at home. Like you have to, kind of. Pretty yeah. close to that. I can't. I, I you can't even have three, three and one at this point. No. Like, no, you gotta you, go. You I need mean, a win streak here. If you're gonna sp- split the road games and yeah, go five, one and one at home. Yeah, I agree. That I, puts you right in the thick of things. I think you're probably a point up or a point back if you do that. I mean, yeah, and you have you have games in hand on Montreal, which is nice. Uh, Carolina ran you down. It's, but you got games in hand on them too, you, right? It's not unexpected. Uh, the Caps are in a free fall. Columbus is—I don't know what are they going to do. 
Uh, I don't think you're going to catch Pittsburgh. The Islanders seem like they're kind of running away with it. So I, I don't. I think I think if you're going to target two teams right now, I feel like Washington, Montreal, Washington recaps. But yeah, Columbus and Montreal are two teams. I, I, I feel like Washington regroups here and gets gets in there, but Columbus and Montreal for sure. And it's here, yeah, seven behind Montreal, but you got three games in hand. Right. So really, if you assume the wins, you're one point back, and you are even with columbus in your five games or five points back and that columbus game is huge here coming up that's a, mm. it's a good thing matt hummel it's a good thing matt hummel's gonna play in that game though right oh my god not like you need that one <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even realize that oh yep. man the team you're chasing god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a good place to end it right there and with the bill saying god damn it <laughs> <laughs> because that is the uh, mood that is the mood that is the mood we are in today um I was looking forward to hockey, and then, God damn it, Phil Housley ruined that for me. Thanks, Phil. All-Star game was fun. You should probably slip that in there. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jeff Skinner, both, both, Skinner Eichel didn't both. get any secondary scoring, which was what a surprise, right? Ooh, I mean, actually, I'm glad I brought this up, because we have to bring up the shootout goal that ended Ludquist's streak. Yes, that was beautiful. That was, oh, that Jeff Skinner was beautiful. Beautiful. I cannot wait till the Sabres get to a shootout. And Skinner doesn't shoot, so I can pull that out because that'll be awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> Matt Hunter's gonna be a shooter. Scandal will be. <laughs> he, he's a good guy, though. Oh, uh, but that was a ridiculous move. That was so good, so good. That was beautiful. Even even his uh his goal in the three on three, the angle that they originally showed it at. Oh, I yeah. had no idea how he even shot that. Yep. Because right. it just looked like it came out of nowhere. Like, it looked like it was way past the net and then somehow still shot it back top left. Literally, then, the literal form of under the bar is what he did there. Oh, it was a beauty. I got a nice one, too. It was a nice move yeah. in, in close between the legs on Lundquist. That wasn't bad. A little sauce, little sauce from pasta. Yeah. And Eichel was cursing on uh, live TV, too, so I got to love that. Better. <laughs> and then he got called Pat Mahomes. Then you got called Pat Mahomes, that's right. Oh, that's no, right. a good weekend, right? <laughs> uh, got a, yeah, the All-Star game is fun. I mean, what are you going to do? It's, I don't know, 300 tournament looks be. better. I, I think it was pretty funny that John Gibson got annihilated in that first game. <laughs> Pacific got crushed on their home ice, basically. Well, San Jose's home ice, but you know what I mean. That's that, that was pretty entertaining. It was almost as far as All Star games go. It was painful to watch. <laughs> what like seven to right? seven to one. They're booing an All Star game. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, pack it up. Let's move on to the next game. Oh, I gotta love it. Good stuff. All right, so we'll get to oh, a little there. spiel here as we kind of wrap up. Make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, at BTB Hockey. Interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, share iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Speaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast, we're going to be there. So uh, ratings, uh, comments uh, on iTunes are always appreciated. So if you have the time to do that, if you're listening to this podcast and want to drop a rating uh, and even comment about how Lawrence Pilot is being wasted, we would appreciate that. Feel free. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Make sure you're following Dobby the Blade, too for the excellent Sabres content and where you'll find our podcast as well. But, uh, yeah, Bill, I mean, it's it's going to be pretty good or really shitty couple weeks here. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> In a good way or a bad way? Uh, you know, I'm going to say a good way because this is, I think, I really do think the next nine games are going to allow you and I to talk about how the rest of the season is going to go. Yeah, or how it should go. Absolutely. So it'll, it'll be, it'll. I'm gonna fall short of saying fun, but it, uh, it'll be interesting. I think is the right word to find it. It'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. So if it goes badly. I see fire breathing coming probably in the next two weeks. No, oh, boy, you, you better believe it. Plus, there's no moves too. Oh, you better believe it. Oh, you better believe it. But we'll save that. We'll save that. I mean, you, you think it's been bad now for me? We've been, we've oh. been good. You've oh, we've, <laughs> we've been, been really good. good. We have. You. Oh man. Watch this team continue to drown. Watch the team continue to drown, and this GM not do anything, and you're going to see me lose my mind. But that's kind of where I'll leave it. Like I said, fun. Exactly. Exactly. It is fun. So for Chad and Bill, we're out here this week. Thanks for listening. 
and hopefully we get some wins here because talking about a winning team is fun too. Uh, but we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.